0: Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It's Sunday morning, and I'm drinking a hot cup of Bottom Gun Coffee, as usual, from my friends at BottomGunCoffee.com. As I record this episode, I have another great show lined up for you. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you that I write a short leadership article every week. Each week, I tackle an important leadership topic to help you become a better leader. The articles are short, and you can read them in just five minutes. And this week, I'm talking about the problems of, yes, bureaucracy. I talk about my experiences working in a large company that was filled with faceless bureaucrats and endless red tape and what it did to the overall company culture. So sign up today at johnsrenny.com slash subscribe so you don't miss out on any of these articles. It's free, and I promise only to provide value and never to spam you. If you're looking for ways to support what I do on this show, purchase one of my books at johnsrenny.com or visit one of my sponsors, bottomguncoffee.com and ihavethewatch.com. All my sponsors use the discount code DEEP at checkout. Well, that's it. Today, my guest is Brian Krieger. Brian is an author, speaker, and nonprofit entrepreneur. He has been on top of the world and he has fallen to the bottom as well. In his new book, he helps us understand one of the most important aspects of leadership dealing with the challenges of being alone at the top. The weight of leadership responsibility can be heavy, and it's difficult for leaders to handle that pressure. Every day we hear stories of leaders who have fallen. This episode will help you prevent that from happening to yourself and the leaders around you. This is an incredibly important topic for every leader. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today I'm joined by Brian Krieger. Brian is an author, speaker, and nonprofit consultant. He's also the author of a new book called The Courageous Ask, a proactive approach to prevent the fall of Christian nonprofit leaders. In this book, he shares his own personal experiences as a nonprofit founder to help other leaders deal with the pressures and struggles of being in the leadership spotlight. I'm excited to have him on the show to talk about this. So, Brian, welcome.
1: Hey, thank you, John. I appreciate you having me on your uh, podcast. And man, I love your stuff. So uh, I'm just so honored to be on here. So thank you so much.
0: Well, well I, the honor is mine. I'm, I'm really excited. You got a new book out. I really want to talk about it because I think this is something we don't talk about enough. And it's certainly we haven't covered on this podcast is that, you know, being in as a leader, being a leader, being in the spotlight it's a tough place to be, and and everybody wants to be the leader until it's time to do leadership stuff. And part of leadership stuff is being alone, and uh, and and you know trying to lead this whole organization. And sometimes that's that's tough. And I've faced a lot of the same challenges that I've seen in your book, and I know a lot of the leaders who are listening in have as well. So I think this is going to be really a powerful discussion.
1: All right. Well, thank you. I I think obviously it's a it's a very important thing. Uh, Leadership falls are happening all us or all around us. Doesn't matter if it's necessarily in the Christian nonprofit world or pastors or preachers or priests or or whatever, but or in the corporate world. Uh, yeah. This is happening, and sometimes on a national level. Sometimes where it's most damaging is just in our local areas uh, that impacts people on much personal level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've seen it time after time. So let, let's get into it. I mean, you, you um, you know, you wrote the book for a reason. You know, can you tell us a little bit about the origin story and then uh, about why this book came to be and what you're trying to get done with uh, with this book? What's the real purpose of getting this book out there?
1: Well, I, I spent my my life um, in kind of a corporate world. I frankly, I ran grocery stores for 28 years um, that, that was my main career. And then I was called to, uh, to do something a little bit different. And, uh, it's quite a story. Whoever picks up the book is going to be able to read it. But, um, I ended up, uh, being called to, uh, open a free clinic in our city. Uh, it's your typical city that, that, most of us have seen, uh, you know, poverty stricken in, in some areas and and just the struggles uh, could be a study on on any urban environment right in our city. So uh, decided to open up a free clinic, uh, which a lot of people say, hey, that doesn't really make sense. You ran grocery stores for all those years. But anyway, that's what I was called to do. So that's what we did. Well, about four years in we're, uh we had served probably I think we were at about thousand people. Um, like 3000 visits, we had 15 prov- medical providers, um, that were, uh, volunteering with us and, um, uh, probably about 40 other volunteers, nurses and staff and such. And, uh, you know, I came across this period in life where, um, I was struggling, I was struggling. And, uh, to be quite honest, I had a three month emotional affair. I fell. I was one of those leaders that fell and uh of course you know that's a that's a lifelong thing uh you know the effects and the collateral damage of that will last for the rest of my life um so i'm sitting there and i'm talking to my board and i'm telling them what happened uh, this is my first meeting telling them this is what happened and one of the board members looks at me and says brian what effect or um, what role did our organization play in what you described to us here today? I uh, <laughs> I had no answer. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking from that angle at all. I was just thinking, hey, I blew it. Uh, believe me, I'm a, a master of, of individual accountability. And uh, <laughs> I just figured I blew it. But he brought up something that I had not thought about. Right. Um, So that kind of started me down a road, you know, I had to deal with, uh, you know, all the, as I said, all the damage that was done from the fall. But that uh, that stuck in my mind. Um, What role did they play? Um, I never would blame them for it. So that's that's not even an issue here. But there was a role and Mm -hmm. there is there are inherent struggles and stumbling blocks in leadership. That can take us to a point where we become vulnerable. Mm. Um, so, what are we doing about it? What can we do about it? Are we being proactive about it? Or are we just going to watch the fall happen?
0: Yeah. So
1: that took me down this road, and it's a couple of years later, more than a couple of years later, a number of years later, and uh, this became a the book. The book became the culmination of all those thoughts over those years.
0: Mm. Well, you know, when I read your story, I just you know, I definitely felt it. Personally, right, Um, being a leader, especially a leader of a startup company, where you know you have a small team, (laughs) you're it's you against the world, and uh, it is it is very it's a very lonely place to be, right? So a lot of times the the pains, the struggles, the things that you face, there's really no one to talk to. There's no one like you. Don't want to show necessarily to your employees that you're you know that you're worried or you're concerned or you have reservations. Um, And then when you're talking to, uh, in your case, uh, potential donors or in my case, potential customers or investors, I'm always everything's great. You know, let me tell you about my business and how great it is. Right. So you're always putting on a uh, a face about how everything is wonderful. Um, But really, in a lot of ways, you're you're playing with your your mind is saying another thing and you're acting a different way. Right. And I think there's some struggles there. and, And I don't think people realize that. That struggle is real with with leaders is that you're, 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 you've you got the reality of what you're facing, and then you have what you're trying to portray to the rest of the world. Yeah, I
1: like to say that to other people, it's like this abstract. We know yeah. our leaders are not human, mm-hmm. but that's abstract. That That is kind of uh, just some idea they have built in their mind. The thing is, leaders are not perfect. Yeah. And that's okay to everybody around them until they prove it. Right. Right. Once they prove it, it's a whole different ball game. So yeah. that's why it's a, an abstract idea in the minds of most people around the leaders. It you know, whoever, it could be customers, it could be a corporate board, it could be your own board or heck for a a pastor it could be a congregation. Right. So it's okay for them to be perfect and be human or be imperfect and be human. Right. right. They prove it.
0: So, right. Right. Um, and right. So, My I'm thoughts so, are yeah. let's
1: get out in front of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, as, you, as you think back and, I, and I, like I said, your story resonated with me. What are, what are some of the common challenges that leaders face that maybe don't get talked about too much in terms of, um, you know, the struggles of, of being the one person in charge of an organization?
1: Well, you are, you already mentioned the target that you have that that creates pressure. Um, you know, you, you also mentioned something else, you know, you know, in your mind that you're presenting uh, yourself in kind of a marketing sense, okay? right? You, you want to look like you've got the answers, but you also have this other side and, and you're always asking yourself, am I just crazy? Because everybody else seems to be doing it well.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah. that's. that's, that's... You know, Yes. Everybody else seems to do it
1: and that creates such an incredible pressure because you think everybody else is doing it. Great. Yeah. I, I had this experience where, um, this is way back. Um, I, I was going to quit my company that I was a store manager and that in a the, in the store. So they, I told them in October that I was leaving in, uh, at the end of the year. So they took me out of my store. They sent me to other stores to help other store managers during the busy Christmas season. Well, that whole time of leadership in doing, you know, running stores, I was feeling the same loneliness. Like everybody else seems to be doing it great. Yeah, but I'm the guy that what? The, what's the matter with me? Okay, yeah. I can't yeah. get this under control. But bottom line is, I go out to help these other store managers, and I saw the same thing. Yes, they yeah. had the same problems. Yeah. So I think that is actually one of the keys is being honest and open and vulnerable with other leaders so that we see each other's struggles. I think
0: that's, that's really, really important. Oh my gosh. I know. um, I of a continual competition. uh, uh, Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you first, you get a chance to be exposed with other leaders inside thoughts, you realize that we're, we're all feeling the exact same things, right? You know, we're trying to portray everything is great, but we're struggling inside and, um, you know, I, I had a friend of mine who runs a business and uh, two years ago, he said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I'm struggling with depression. And I was and when you've talked about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got that, too. <laughs> I didn't realize I did, but I do, too. You know, and, and I thought it was just me. You know, I thought I was just OK, there's something wrong with me, you know, with with battling through some of these uh, worries I had, you know, I and mean, he was struggling with the same thing. So I think sounds like, like you're getting having Someone to be able to talk to and to be able to you know, have those conversations prevents it from turning into a crisis. In other words, solve it early on before it gets out of control, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I read one time that um, everybody wants to be fully known. I mean, to mm-hmm. the deepest, darkest, ugliest spot of who they are. They want at least one person to know them to that level yeah still be loved and accepted yeah and isn't that what we fear we fear that somebody's gonna see all that stuff in us that is not a marketing ploy <laughs> and right. it's not super positive and they're going to reject us yeah so that is one of the the biggest the biggest fears and that's one of the things that you know it's not always everybody else's fault sometimes it's like you did not open up about your own depression yeah until somebody else said it yeah, yeah. You had a comfort level that you could talk about it. Right, so it's, right. it's no different.
0: Yeah. I think that's uh that's, that's it. That's it. Like you don't, it's almost like there's a permission to to talk about the subject now because he brought it up. We could talk about it. And, now I know he struggles with some of those issues. We could talk about it, right? We've now opened that up. Uh, we've opened that dialogue path up. And some sometimes you need to be able or, or you have to find ways to be able to open up those dialogue paths. And I and I imagine that part of the title of this book is, is a little bit about having the courage to have that conversation, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the the courageous ass comes from a couple different perspectives. OK, the leader has to be willing to courageously ask themselves some difficult questions. Mm, yeah. Um, and they have to have this own their own humility within themselves, because sometimes we lose our identity and we think we really are that guy, that facade that we're. Yeah. You know, but we really got to ask ourselves the difficult questions that bring us back to who we truly are. So that's one perspective. The other perspective is how many times have we seen a leader fall? We've watched them fall. We've seen the struggles. We've watched them stumble. We've watched them fall. And then we look at back and go, wow. uh, I knew that was coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: watched it happen. I watched the whole thing. Well, okay. Then the question is I was on a board one time where we asked somebody to, that the, to, Hey, you're either going to get terminated or you need to move on. Okay. Um, and then we're all sitting around the table. We're going, you know, we all saw it coming. In fact, when we hired this person, we saw some of these qualities. Yeah. Well, everybody individually had those thoughts, yeah, but didn't share it. So yeah. they didn't have the courage to share because they thought they were nuts. Everybody else thinks it's okay. Yeah. So the point is that people, whether it's the community or a board of directors or, again, a constituency or whatever, they have to have the courage to confront some of these things i mean don't you talk about this in some in your book all, all all in the same boat you don't see a problem and just let it go
0: right right you've
1: got to go after that problem yeah you've got to you've got to move forward on that problem and not just let it go have the courage to to challenge I yeah. mean, you talk about that a lot in your book yeah. You have yeah the courage to challenge uh those those things that you see and anyway that's where the that's where the courageous ask the title came from let's have courage and do it let's get out in front of it because all of that's all that's going to happen in a fall is going to splash over all of us right right it's, the board ends up with this problem in the, in their lap so yeah. how about we get out in front of it and create an atmosphere that a leader can feel uh vulnerable they can be open and honest um, a board can ask questions of what's going on in a personal life especially in a christian nonprofit, what's going on in the life of their leader yeah now i'm not talking about a you know <laughs> going too deep i understand that it can it can become oppressive um but there is a role yep and it could because that's where most uh leadership falls happen right they happen on the personal side of life it's right it's, right. Sometimes it's financial but financial usually comes back to a core individual personal issue yeah yeah why are we not probing it
0: yeah no it's a great question i you know I, as you as you point out i mean in the book i talk about fires on a submarine right you know we were mm-hmm. trained to run towards them and put them out quickly right. because everyone will die if if a fire spreads on a submarine but it's the same thing with problems in our business right problems with the leader if you don't address it early on it it could create you know a catastrophic uh Consequences to to the organization, right? The reputation of the organization, the um, you know the employees, the the customers, everything. The clients, everything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've got to you've got to get that addressed early. So so essentially, yeah, it's a very equivalent story to what I talk about in the book. Is it's a problem that needs to be addressed. So well, we what, don't um, do it. <laughs> we don't do it. Yeah. No. So you mentioned this, and I think it's really important. You said uh, a lot of times when when things happen, people recognize the signs. They're like, Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Like what, um, what are some of the signs that that maybe a leader might be struggling or might, um, you know, might um, be having some, some issues and that might prompt you to ask deeper questions. What are some of those signs that people could look, look for? Well,
1: I'd say the biggest thing is, well, number one, you have to know your leader. Okay. Yeah. So, if you don't know your leader and you haven't created relationship with your leader, uh, and again, that doesn't mean you're in some formal position on a board of directors or something. You could be out right. in the community, sitting sitting out in a crowd. Right. But uh, if you know your leader, you know how your leader got to where they are. Mm-hmm. One day, you're you're delivered this moniker of leader, executive, director, CEO, whatever it is. Something got you there. Something, you know, you've heard this said that, you know, the helicopters don't drop people off on the mountain of success. Right. Right. You got there somehow. So um, it's usually family in a Christian nonprofit. It has to do with uh, your spiritual, um, some kind of spiritual awakening or guidance or something got you there. Okay, and it's usually those two things are the big things. So a reorder, reordering of priorities. When when that when that organization becomes more important than those two top two things, too many times leaders think, okay, I've I've got this modicum of success, okay, mm-hmm. things seem to be doing well, and I'll just speak. I, of course, people have figured it out I speak from a Christian perspective. Too many times, uh, uh, Christian nonprofit leaders think that just working there is their 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 sustenance. Is there spiritual yeah. sustenance? So they stop doing the things like going to Bible study, reading their Bible, praying, doing all these spiritual kind of things. So they don't need that anymore. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big sign. And then family, too many times family, a leader thinks my family gets it. They understand my mission. They understand what I'm doing. They're part of it. But are they? Yeah. Sometimes sometimes they're not. So too many times the family becomes the blur in the peripheral vision of the leader that has a focus on the ministry. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. One ping only, please. As I thought, John Rennie's new book, All in the Same Boat, is right over there. It's at allinthesameboatbook.com. Your orders are to get there now. Remember, to be careful what you shoot at. Most things in here don't react too well to bullets.
0: Bottom Gun is offering a discount to the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to BottomGunCoffee.com and enter the discount code DEEP at checkout. Bottom Gun Coffee, the taste that's qualified.
1: But it did not start that way, so they've shifted their, shifted their priorities they start to lose their personal identity. We talked about this a little bit earlier is, you know, their identity becomes the organization.
0: Yeah. Instead
1: yeah. Of who they are that got them there, their identity, they put on this facade and all of a sudden in the beginning, they realized, okay, they're just playing the game a little bit. They have to do these things to bring in money or, or whatever, uh, to be successful. All of a sudden that becomes who they are. And like, like we talked about earlier, People ask you how you are. You hide behind the organization. The organization's doing great. We're this, we're that. Yes. No, yes. no, no, no. Hold yeah. on a I asked you how you are. Mm,
0: I didn't ask is, you how the organization. Is
1: yeah, this oh. is important. So that creates a hollowness uh, inside. Um, another one is taking credit for everything. I mean, come on. You know, usually, at least in the Christian nonprofit world, we're giving credit to God the whole way along, especially in the beginning. But all of a sudden it starts to, yeah. there's that little part in you that says, yeah, but I, if I wouldn't have answered the call, my name is on all the documents. <laughs> yeah, I raise most of the money. right? And you don't say all these things, but it's just playing in your mind just that little bit. And it's just all these lies of the enemy just attacking you. All of a sudden, you know, you're taking credit for it, Yeah. And at least in your own mind. And that changes the way you talk to people. It changes the value you put on the employees and the staff and the volunteers. Um, you start to not listen as much as you used to listen to them because you've got all the answers. You're yeah. the man yeah. or you're the woman now. Um, so you become a uh, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen leaders who become addicted to the adrenaline that comes out when, when you're introducing a new program or a new piece of equipment or something, yeah, you know, yeah. and like, once again, you're the man, but there's nothing, there is nothing to a nonprofit leader, more exciting and adrenaline inducing than the eyes of a donor that you can show them what you've done with their money and something new that's coming out.
0: Yeah, It, it yeah. creates
1: so much energy and excitement. So Um, Those are those are a couple of things. It's funny. You you should ask me that question, because uh, my next uh, uh, my next article that's coming out that is for uh, people that want to join my uh, uh, my blog newsletter is actually an an article on what are some five indicators that Mm -hmm. uh, show that a, a fall is possible with you, with your leader or with yourself.
0: I really think this is, the, what you talk about is really important, um, you know, and I think you what you hit really early on on that was that um, you have to know your leader. So the people around you oh, have man. to know you to the point where they see something has changed, right? Um, right. I really like what you talked about in the book about your identity starting to shift from from you yourself to sort of like you associated yourself with with the organization it became everything and then you know you talked about you know you're careful of what you wore you're careful like when you walked Whoa. into a restaurant i had to look to see if there's a potential donor in here uh yeah, i don't want to play yeah We've i don't want to play golf because people think i'm using their money to play golf and so it was affecting like everything in your life like you were you were monitoring everything so carefully your your life became the company you know your life became the organization right
1: oh yeah i you know one of the things my wife and I, it was a, it was a big struggle. I've been married 35 years now, but, uh, at a certain point in the organs, of course I was building something from nothing. Right. So right. I'm very sensitive to everything. Yeah. So I always had to sit with my face towards the door in a restaurant. Yeah. And, and I spent the whole time just looking over her shoulder. Who yeah. do I, who's yeah. hand, whose hand do I need to shake? who do i need to just go by and mention some little fact about their football team or their baseball team or something they enjoy yeah,
0: yeah. Who,
1: who there's somebody in this restaurant i know and yeah. you want to know something and it and it goes back to my indicators that that's an indicator right there all of a sudden everybody else in the restaurant was more important than my wife sitting right in front of me yeah. and so she started to feel alienated and that's where you want to talk about loneliness sometimes we're setting ourselves up for that so yeah, this, this yeah. is a, this is a perfect example.
0: Yeah, no, that's really, that's a really good point. Hopefully listeners, you're hearing that and, um, and recognizing some of those signs yourself. Are you doing that? Are you, is, are you becoming the company? Are you becoming the organization? Are you changing? Uh, and are you isolating yourself because of that? Right. You, are, are your actions uh, isolating you from your family or your normal support group? Right. And, um, and that's, you know, that's that's the warning sign right there that there's something wrong.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, because um, it was the first I've founded businesses before, but it was the first nonprofit that I founded. And in the beginning, people, I was a little uncomfortable with being the face of our organization. I didn't honestly, right when I started, I just did not want it to be all about me. And it's the same with the book. The book, I, I interviewed tons of people for the book because I didn't want just my perspective. So um, I get to this position where they're saying, "But Brian, the organization needs a face. Okay, mm. you have got to represent yeah. the organization. Yeah. You have got to be the face of the organization." The problem where the problem happened was, yes, I was the face of the organization, but then the organization became my face.
0: Yeah. If, you, yes. if
1: you're catching that flip, there. I do.
0: Yeah. No hundred percent.
1: And that's that's where the problem started to occur. I lost who I was. What got me there? Those foundational yeah. principles and things that made me who I was and could, you know, get this organization rolling.
0: Yeah, that's that's really powerful. Um, I, yeah. So so there's a great way to say, are you becoming the company? Uh, and and if you are, how do you? Those those could be warning signs that you need to, you know, you need someone to talk to. <laughs> you need. Yeah, to be, Well, open up to someone
1: yeah. You know, one of the things, one of the difficulties is, what does the community expect? Yeah, they expect you to be the company, right? right. They expect you to be the nonprofit organization. Yeah, that is the expectation, and that is a problem.
0: Yeah, that's
1: yeah. that's part of the conversation that I'm trying to start with 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 the book and all these these things. That's not okay.
0: Yeah. You know, you 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 you're talking about something that's really important. Is that leaders are human. We're oh. you, we are, we we will fail. We will do things wrong. We are struggling with things. But but in a lot of cases, we're not allowed to, right? We um, there's, it's too important. Our role. Our role, especially in a fledgling uh, organization, our role is too important for us to have problems, right? I remember. I remember uh, this was this happened this summer. Don't be real. Yeah, right. Don't be real. Don't, don't be, be really real. real. Yeah, <laughs> be genuine, but don't be real. Um, but yeah, so um, one of the things I do every time my employee has a birthday, uh, I I bring a card in for their birthday, and usually we bring some food in, and so I always celebrate my employees' birthdays. Always, always have done that. And, um, so I have them on my calendar. I never forget them. And, uh, uh, and then my birthday came around this summer and I went to work, I went to work and nobody mentioned my birthday. <laughs> I went through the whole day and then went home and I was driving home. I'm like, why is this bothering me? Why, why, why is it bothering that nobody even noticed it was my birthday? And it was like, you know, it, it was almost like, no, it, it, it is bothering me. Like, cause like, that's, you know, I do I do so much for others and I was really surprised no one did it for me. And it's just a weird feeling that like like I guess I'm not allowed to have feelings like that. Like you all forgot my birthday. It's not a big deal. I'm the boss. We're we're going to keep moving forward. But it did it did feel weird, you know, driving home well, that hey, night. So. Don, that's
1: what you're supposed to do. Right, right. <laughs> you're supposed to remember my birthday.
0: <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But no one remembered mine. You know, it's a minor <laughs> thing, but I just remember thinking Oh, that kind of sucks, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but it's supposed those, to be human.
1: But yeah. it's one of those things that us leaders, we we internalize. We pull that back. Yeah. And you yeah. didn't go in the next day and say, hey, what's everybody's problem around here?
0: Right, yeah. right. Never no, not a word. Not a you word. I didn't say a word. Yeah.
1: And and that's one of those things that we internalize that feeds into that lonely kind of wow, I really am just kind of a job description, aren't I?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're, you're the company. You're you're infallible. You're you're um, bulletproof. Nothing can harm you. And it's like right. not not true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. true at all. So, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're exactly right. The humanness. Uh, in fact, yeah. I I mentioned that in my introduction to the book. My book is really about humanness. Hmm. Just allowing each other. You know, even a leader looking at their board. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, as far as nonprofits go, a CEO has to look at their board and realize, you know what? They're human. It's
0: right, right. it's
1: not just them to me. Uh, we're all leaders. I happen to be the executive. They happen to be the board. But I got to look at them as human as well. So yeah, it, yeah. it really goes both ways. So
0: Yeah, I like that. And um, one of the things that I really think, you know, that I stress in my writings and my talking and my, in my, my real life as a leader is I think a lot of this stuff goes away is we if we get to know people really deeply. You know, I think if I get to know my people, uh, I know their struggles, I know their issues. If they get to know me, they know my struggles, they know my issues. I think one of the things that I learned as a submariner was we spent hours and hours and hours together in cramped spaces, months <laughs> on end, and we knew every single detail about each other. So I could just notice a sailor come into into a duty station, and I could just tell by his demeanor uh, what was wrong, right? Because I knew my sailors that well because we spent so much time together. <clears throat> and I think that that's part of part of um you know being being a great leader, but also Supporting the leader of the organization, having that relationship, good relationships, such that you can see when something's wrong. You can see those warning signs. You can tell when something has shifted and moved. Um, And I think it's really important as a leader, but it's also important that that the leaders have someone in their life that also can monitor that kind of uh, change that could possibly be happening.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, there's no question. That goes back to my comment earlier about being fully known. You know, I, it's funny cuz i i talked to i i interviewed uh, maybe a, a couple of pastors also as as nonprofit christian leaders and uh what, one ex- one example was this this pastor told me you know how his separation is from his is from his congregation he doesn't always necessarily like that because it does make him lonely mm-hmm. but he he gave this example of somebody is having a 4th of July picnic and they're not going to, they, they don't invite him. They talk about it. They're talking about yeah. this picnic that's yeah. coming up at their house, but they don't invite him and his family. And he says, nobody wants a preacher at their, at their picnic. <laughs> that changes the conversations that you can have at the
0: picnic. Oh yeah, true. So, yeah. Doesn't yeah. that
1: happen even corporately? Yeah. I mean, really, you know, so, uh, a staff wants to go out and they really want to let loose on some evening and they oh, yeah, yeah. at a bar or a wherever, they And they really want to let loose they're not they're not always bringing the boss along because that might affect the impression that the boss has of them in their job, yes, so that leaves the the executive out, and yeah you know,
0: yeah, no, so yeah the I always talk about the power of your presence as a leader your your presence changes things when you walk into a room, things yeah. change right. Uh, the boss is here now, so uh, you're not just one of the guys. You are the boss, and 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 things change when you're in the room. Same thing if you're the pastor or if you're the head of a nonprofit. You um, you represent something different. You know, it's a different uh, social dynamic than just oh, he's, you know, that's that's, that's John. John, right? That's Brian. No, it's that's oh that's the head of the organization let me introduce you or or that's the head of the organization uh i've got a question for you you know or something like that it, it, it things shift and uh when you walk into a room as a leader
1: i i remember i remember there were times where i would be in in the hierarchy with people that were above me and honestly that's all i knew them as in in their corporate position I, so you go out on a social thing and uh and you're sitting there. That's all you know about them is their business. So you're talking business. And I, I've actually, it's probably happened two or three times where I just had people go, can we just not talk about business? <laughs> can, yeah. we, can we talk about something else? Can we, right, right. into, you know, and because they want to be known, they want people to know them as a leader, you know, uh, as a person, not just in their their corporate position. And I think, I think it's interesting when when uh, when we go to hire somebody, uh, say a board is going to going to hire a a new executive, they get their resume, they pull that resume out, and they're going, huh, okay, this looks. Like, well, we'll pick five of these resumes, ten of these resumes, and we'll bring them in for interviews. Well, why do you bring people in for interviews? Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, it's the way we do things. I, I get it, I understand, but th- what's the purpose? The, the The purpose is to see. You want to see examples of. Uh, of them exemplifying what the, what is on the resume you want to see that their knowledge matches up with what's on there but you also are measuring their character aren't you yeah You're measuring can can this person create a culture in our organization the one that we desire and the one that already or the one that already exists you're measuring personal traits like how articulate are they because because mm. you're looking at a piece of paper that's yeah, not that's just a piece of paper that's not personality right. or anything but what happens is you hire that nonprofit executive and all that goes away. Yes. All of a sudden you don't care about them as a person. You're, you're looking at the job description. You do care. So don't, don't misunderstand them. Right, I don't right. make it too callous, but you stop yeah. asking some of the same questions you asked yeah. in the interview. Yeah. And, and that's the end of it. So I think that's a, I think that's a problem. And and boards are so scared to ask personal questions that they could glean an early um, a possibility of a of a fall happening because they're so scared to ask those personal questions. Well, in your interview, you asked a lot of personal questions.
0: Right, right.
1: Well, why did that go away?
0: Yeah, so, interesting. I think
1: that's a problem. I think it's a it's something that we need to talk about. You cannot be afraid to go into some of the sticky stuff and yeah. and boards and accountability structures in general are afraid to go into the sticky stuff. Hey, they got their own life going on. I mean, right, they're right, human right. too. So, but we got to start these conversations.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. This is really good. So how can um, people find out more about this new book, your, your website, your writings, where can people go?
1: Well, I, the book comes out uh, on the 23rd, it's uh, okay. 23rd of September. Uh And uh, so it's not quite out, but there's pre-orders. So you can buy that anywhere you buy books uh, electronically, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, on down the line. Um, But my website is uh, briankrieger.com, B-R-I-A-N-K-R-E-E-G-E-R.com. And I'm always open to an email, brian at briankrieger.com.
0: Okay, that sounds good. We'll put a uh, we'll put links to these in the show notes so people can find it. I think you've covered something that's really really important that we don't talk about enough, and that is the uh, the challenge that leaders face, and then how to uh, for the stakeholders in the organization how to make sure that uh, that you don't have a fall that you don't have a leader that uh, uh, that that basically you know struggles and 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 causes a problems. So how do you how do you um, Find out early on. How do you put out that fire early on? That's that's a really yep. important issue.
1: Yep. Instead of just waiting for it to happen, watching it happen. Many times we're right. watching it happen. Right. But, but yeah, thank you so much, John. Uh yeah, it's been a great conversation. I I love talking about this stuff.
0: Yeah, this is great. A very important book. And I encourage everyone to take a look at it. It's called Courageous Ask, and it's available where any books are sold. We'll have links to that in the show notes. Brian, thank you for being on the show and sharing all of your ideas, all of your experiences, and all of your insight on this topic.
1: All right, John. Thank you so much. This has been such an honor. Yeah, it's just been, been fabulous. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well.